and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Um, and um, uh, the, the question came up in my heart. We're dealing with uh, walking in the supernatural, and there's many elements to that. Um, yeah, we had boot camp on Saturday, and I was teaching on uh, how to endure uh, hardness, how to endure hard things, or how to deal with hard things. And I'm sure everybody would benefit from that teaching. Um, uh, but the essence of that teaching is walking in the supernatural, actually. Like I realized it during worship, like that's supernatural isn't just, you know, healing and miracles and things like that in the sense of health and uh, physical, but it includes that. But it's also um, kind of everything we spoke about on Saturday where it's talking about um, uh, overcoming difficulties and living with joy in uh, challenging situations and circumstances and living by faith is, is actually miraculous. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, going to the airport to catch a flight you've paid for when you don't have a passport or a visa. <laughs> you know, we, we as a family were standing at the check-in counter waiting for DHL to deliver our, <laughs> our passports once. And so we were standing there and we were looking and waiting and, you know, it's about to close. And, and there comes the guy running, you know, through the airport. And that's just one of many things. Uh, being stranded in Istanbul, being stranded in you know, New York, and many other kind of stories. The way that we embrace life's challenges is also miraculous or not. Because the thing is, is like Magna was saying before the, the worship, we can embrace or, or deal with circumstances like the world really, or we can deal with it like a believer. And a believer would deal with them by faith. And the faith, what, what's an indication of faith? Joy. So if you're truly operating in joy, then we know, okay, you're in faith. But if you're not in joy, then I doubt you have faith. You've got the faith of Christ, but you're not using it. Okay? So as I was uh, worshipping, I also had this, this question that I wrote down for us. It's, um, don't put up your hand, but I know many of us have had um, um, uh, you know, loved ones who've, who've died whilst believing for healing. We've had people in the church who, who, who've uh, been in that kind of situation. And I was meditating on that and I was like, you know, often when that happens, we very easily define our uh, viewpoint on healing with, um, from the perspective of the experience and then not from the Word anymore. And so the Word becomes less weighty and the experience becomes more weighty. And I mean, just by me saying it like that, even if you've, you've done that, you already know that's not right. I don't even need to tell you that. <laughs> the Word needs to, to define our standard of, of experience and truth, not experience define our standard of truth. Okay? So when it comes to healing, you know, whether we're experiencing it the way we want to or not, doesn't mean it's, it's, it's valid or it's not, or it's... Uh, um, uh, uh, it's for today or, for, or it's not for today. You've got to look at the Word to, de to, de to decide what the, uh, to, or to know what the Word says and what truth is concerning these matters. I, I was looking at a, a ministry online and uh, their statement of faith and I was just interested to know what they were going to say because they're doing a lot of uh, missions work in, in Europe. So I was like checking them out and um, on their statement of faith they say something about they believe in um, uh, that the, the gifts of the Spirit and miracles and healings um, happens occasionally, but it was more so for the early church than it was for today. And I was like, I guess they're not seeing much happening based on that statement of faith. You know, statement of unbelief rather. Um, see, the thing is, is like, uh, if we're going to look at circumstances, we can easily get into unbelief or not believe. But if we're going to look at the Word, then it should stir us up. Because the Word is pretty blunt when it comes to what a Christian is. It's the Spirit of God living in a person and living through a person. And then it's pretty blunt with regards to what can we do as believers. 
Now we've got this, the, the power of God living inside of us so we can do the same works as Jesus did and greater works than these. And it does get uncomfortable because it's a case of um, why don't we see it so often? Why doesn't it always work? Why this or why that? But the truth is, like, we shouldn't be living in those real that realm of those questions. We should be moving over to the realm of, this is what the Word says, so I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm just going to keep believing it. I'm just going to keep declaring it. So, it's very important that we don't allow um, disappointing circumstances uh, to define the Word for us. It's very important. You know, because otherwise, we're headed for trouble. And... You know, why did it happen? I can't give you the reasons for your specific situation. But I'm sure even in the message today, some specific, some general answers will come out and it might be specific to your situation or it might not. I wasn't thinking of you when I was uh, writing my message. Okay, um, so just remember that. But, the, you know, I think the first thing I really just felt like to, to touch on was this issue of your hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if we're hoping for the wrong thing, it can give you a, a, a sick heart. Or if when we do get disappointed with the, the challenges of life or not seeing what we were believing for or whatever, like how do you deal with that? Because if you allow your heart to get sick, uh, if you allow your, ho um, your hope to be crushed there, then it can actually destroy you. And so in those situations, it's so important to respond positively and keep moving forward. Like Meet the Robinson says, <laughs> if you've watched the movie. But it's like you already keep moving forward in your de declaration of faith and standing tr uh, 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 strong on the truth of the word and not allowing yourself to, to, um, to change your confession even, what you say about the word and what you say about the situation. Just keep saying what the word says. That's faith. Yeah, Because the reality is faith never gives up. So if you get to the place where you're willing to give up, then it's okay. you're probably operating more in the flesh than you are in the Spirit. And if you're operating in the Spirit, you're not going to give up, regardless of circumstances. Okay, so one aspect which is so important is <clears throat> that we allow God through the Word to restore hope to our hearts. Because sometimes you haven't seen it, you've been waiting for so long, and it's like, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. And so let's rather just focus on righteousness or um, something else that's easier and you don't need to see results for. It can be something that encourages your heart, you know. Though, though, you know that's awesome. We need to focus on stuff like that. But the, the problem with messages like this is it calls for action. And it calls for us to rise up and say, okay, you know what, this is what I'm going to trust God for. This is what I'm going to step out in faith for. Um, so allow the word to restore hope, not to condemn you. Not to condemn you, but allow the word to restore hope in your heart. Okay, so first point I want to make is the importance of teaching with regards to healing. And I mean, that's obvious because there's a lot of garbage out there which would uh, destroy your faith, right? You know, uh, and, and these are some of the things I, 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 I was tempted to speak on and I was like, I know the majority of us are established in this and maybe there's, we still need to kind of hear the same things again and again and again. Uh, and so it's valid. I could have spoken about it, but I wanted to speak about something else. But things like um, Paul's thorn. Misunderstanding of that will cause you not to be in faith with regards to believing God for healing. Um, uh, uh, um, Job. You know, if you kind of feel like you're a modern day Job or something like that, then, then that's also going to destroy your faith. But, you know, faith is based on knowledge. So what you know is either going to set you up for, for success or not. Okay, and I think largely in the, in the church, in the body of Christ, we have this lazy attitude where we think that I don't really need to dig in, but I'm expecting a magic wand. I'm expecting everything just to happen. And there's a bit more responsibility in the kingdom than that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't like, happen like that. I know some people, they know nothing and they get healed. And we'll talk about that just now. Um, but the point is, is, as you mature, there's more responsibility. So it, it takes a little bit more from you. Okay, so faith is based on knowledge. So we need to know what God has done for us in Christ. And we cannot overemphasize that. We need to keep visiting it. Like that uh, 
Hebrews 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, not heard. So hearing by the gospel, the, the message of Christ. So we need to hear the message of Christ. We come to salvation and then we keep hearing the good news of Christ. And we need to keep hearing the good news of Christ so that it continues to stir up faith in our hearts to believe for all that's available to us in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, you know, the teaching of God's word is what births faith. And that's what births conviction. And that's what helps us to walk in and receive everything that, that we've got in Christ. Okay? In the four Gospels, you can see that uh, it's about one-third of Jesus' ministry was healing. One-third of Jesus' ministry was healing. That makes it important, right? Okay, that, that elevates it to the area of, important, of, of importance. But two-thirds of his uh, ministry was teaching. So teaching is twice as important as actually healing. And I know our bodies might tell us otherwise, <laughs> but the Word says, is showing us what's more important here. Okay? And let me just say this. So, so we can see Jesus taught more than He healed, but He healed, so both are important. But what we've got to see is that the preaching of the Gospel, the preaching of the Word of Christ, is what causes people to come into salvation. And that's the, that's the biggest miracle, the best miracle that anyone could ever experience. Because it's greater than... Um, uh, uh, I, I was sick and now I'm healed. It's a, I was destined for hell and now I'm saved from that and I've got the Spirit of God living in me for eternity. And there's nothing greater than that. Because, it, you know, before salvation... Um, you can have a sickness attack your body and you can die from it. And you're doomed for eternity. After salvation, you can also have sickness attack your body and you can die, but you win. But you'll be okay. And that's good news. But after salvation, now you, you've, you've heard the message, you've received the message of Christ, you heard that we had a problem. All have sinned and fall short to the glory of God. But God has a solution. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, Jesus. Our response, that whosoever believes in Him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. So now you've heard the gospel, you've received this message, and now the healer, Jesus, has come to live inside of you. But if you don't know that He's healer, and you don't know anything about healing, you're not going to experience anything. Why? Because the same with salvation. If you didn't know anything about salvation, you can't experience salvation. So you had to be educated on salvation in order to receive salvation. But the same thing with healing. Someone who knows nothing about healing is not going to get healed. If they don't know that Jesus wants to heal them or could heal them, or that healing is even a possibility, it's not going to happen. You know, I enjoyed uh, uh, talking to Priyank uh, last week, this past week, and he said um, um, he met a believer in uh, New York who... Um, uh, uh, had a, a problem or whatever and his first reaction in the Bible study was let's pray about that physical problem and their response was shock and horror of I've ne like it was as if they never thought about that you know and for a lot of Christians it's like that they believe that God could heal can heal maybe if it's his will but you know that's not really the first uh, um, call that we make or the first uh, thing that we believe for Okay, and it has to be different. So, you know, we can see on several occasions in the Gospels that Jesus heals while he's teaching. And Jesus teaches and then he heals. Okay, and um, while not everyone needed to be healed in the, the, the congregations uh, or the multitudes, every single person needed to be taught. So teaching is more needed than healing. And it's important to say that because a lot of people would argue otherwise because the pain is, is real. And I agree, we need healing. But what I'm trying to show you is, is elevating the area of teaching. Because in, in the church even, in the body of Christ, we have this devaluing of teaching and we'd rather see miracles. Yes, we want to see miracles, but... The platform, the foundation for miracles is teaching. Okay? Because the, the miracles validate the Word. 
And you can go to a lot of places, there's no word, but there's miracles. And a lot of that is actually just witchcraft. Because it's, it, 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 there's the, the message of Christ is not there. There's, they're, they're, they're a cult. Or something. Okay? And, and by miracles, I mean like miracle handbag where you can come and try and pick up the handbag. But the anointing is in the handbag and so it's too heavy. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people being healed. I've seen stuff like this. You know, so they'll take your handbag and they'll pray over it and then put it on the ground and say, you come, try and pick it up. And then you come and you fall over and you can't pick it up. And that's witchcraft. They didn't even, they didn't even begin to teach about the gospel or, or Christ. It's just emphasizing the power the man of God has. And I mean, I've spoken, some of you know this, but I've spoken to one of those men of God who, who does that kind of stuff, who does that specific thing. And uh, he couldn't tell me when he was born again. So, if you think about that, then, is he truly a, a, a man of God? Depends which one. Not the true one. So anyway, Matthew chapter 4. Let's get into the Bible. Matthew chapter 4, 23 to 24. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So good for us to see that. He taught and he preached and then he healed. But what's also awesome there is it says all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. So it doesn't matter what condition you have or a loved one has, you can be healed. There's nothing that cannot be healed. You think about something that cannot be healed and don't Google it. Healed, Jesus healed and you put that one in and someone will have a testimony somewhere. I've done that with a couple different things and it's quite interesting to see the testimonies that pop up of people being healed of things that are so-called incurable. Okay? Um, verse 24, And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all the sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils which were, and those which were lunatic and those that had palsy and he healed them. <clears throat> so, he didn't turn away anyone who came to him. Okay? But now you're saying those ones that they brought to him doesn't say that they were taught. It also doesn't say they weren't taught. Okay? But let's say they weren't taught. What did they hear? Why did they come? They came because they heard that Jesus was healing. And so it was kind of like a, hey, buddy, You've got this problem. I, I, this guy heals people. Come. What does that mean? You came with faith in your heart. So there was a small level of teaching there. Very, very insignificant level of teaching. But, but it was enough to get the job done. So what I'm trying to show you is that faith needs to be present. And faith was present. If you look throughout the Bible, faith was always present. So he, the first thing he actually did was teach, not heal. He taught. And as a result, men who heard him released their faith to believe and to receive. Okay, and then they brought other people. Matthew 7, 28. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Okay, so you know, in uh, John chapter 6, uh, 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 he had taken those with him for two to three days and he was teaching them. And so, you know, the, in the, the character of God, this is what it's saying, in the character of God, teaching was of primary importance. We don't often think about it like that. We think character of God, he wants to heal. Yes, character of God, he wants you to have a, a renewed mind. <laughs> he wants you to know truth because truth is what sets you free. Okay, so the Word of God is how we know the will of God. And when we know the will of God, that's when healing can come. That's when we can get what we're believing for. Because you can't believe for something that's not the will of God, right? I'm going to believe that I can rob a bank. It's not going to happen so well. You know, uh, so, so 
faith begins where the will of God is known. So if I know the will of God, then that should kick into faith. So it's like God wills all to be saved. So I've sat, I stood after the service with a lot of people who, who say things like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm saved or I don't know if God wants me to be saved. So I show them in the Bible that God wants all to be saved and none to perish. I show them in the Bible, you know, God, uh, God wants everybody to, to receive Him and come to a knowledge of the truth. Um, and, uh, and then, because of that knowledge, they're able to believe and receive salvation. Okay? It's, it's obvious. It's, it's, it's easy to kind of see that. But truth enables them, the, the truth about the will of God enables them to receive what God wants for them. So, I mean, when it comes to healing, we can't expect someone who doesn't know if God's will for them to be healed is, if it is God's will to, to be healed or not, to be healed. Now, that would be a miracle that God can't do. And it sounds shocking to say that, but stick with me. Okay, so he taught people. Why did he teach them? To convince them. He taught them to convince them. Even years back when there was swine flu, I remember um, I was a student minister in um, Stellenbosch, and I remember um, your people were getting sick all over the show. And one student had died, and um, um, people were phoning and saying, you know, please would you come and pray for me or my friend or this or that, the next thing. And so this was the first time like, I was actually stepping out and going and ministering to people like this. And I remember the first one I went to, I walked into the house, and the person was sick, and they're coughing, and they got all the symptoms. And I said, okay, before I pray for you, I didn't think about this. I didn't know like, that this is how it works. But I sat with them, and I was like, before, we get, uh, before I pray for you, I want to teach you a little bit about healing. And so I taught them a little bit about healing. I prayed for them, and they were well. <laughs> And the, the, all the symptoms left. And that was kind of a pattern that I followed. Even when we've gone into um, um, uh, mission trips in, in Zimbabwe, like uh, we do the same thing. You go into someone's house, you sit down with them, you open up the Bible, and you teach them God's will concerning healing, then you pray. Otherwise, your prayer has no seed. Because the Word of God is the seed, and for there to be a, a, a miracle, there needs to be seed. For there to be fruitfulness, there needs to be a seed somewhere. Okay? So, you know, let's, uh, let's look at this. This, is, this, this next verse uh, speaks about this. Luke chapter 1, verse 28 to 38. And having come in, the angel said to her, who is he speaking to? Mary. Okay? Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, <laughs> and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the, of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her uh, who was called barren. Now that's the angel giving a, like a word of knowledge to Mary, telling Mary about something Mary doesn't know, and Mary's going to see that and then know that the word is true. Okay, verse 37, For with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said to her, Behold, this is important. Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So, can you see one thing that the angel didn't say? The angel didn't say, Mary, you're pregnant. Can you see that? If you look through that, the, Mary, uh, uh, the angel didn't say, Mary, you're pregnant. Okay? The angel brought the word of the Lord. And Mary asked, how can these things be seeing I know not a man? And so, the angel spoke something that Mary had to believe. And then it produced the fruitfulness. 
Okay, she had to receive that word from the angel for it to take place. The angel said, Luke 137, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Okay, this means that the word of God has the ability to accomplish this. Okay, the original can be said like this, no word of God is void of power. So if God speaks a word, there's power in it to accomplish it. If God gives a promise, there's power in it to accomplish it. You don't have to make it come to pass. You just have to believe it for it to come to pass. Because faith will activate it. Okay? That's why she responded and said, Be it unto me according to thy word. That was the faith statement. So, for us now, when we are trusting for healing or trusting for a miracle or whatever it is, um, I would put to us the question of what's our response to the word when we see the, what the word says? Is it, be it like, like Mary said, how did she put it there? Be it to me according to thy word. Or is it, this is for me, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm taking this. Or is it, wow, I wish that could happen. Because if it's a hoping and a wishing, like this maybe can happen, then it's not faith. But faith would be like, if God's word says it, then I want that. That's for me. I'm going to take that. There's a positive response to what God is, 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 is saying. <coughs> Mark chapter 9, <coughs> verse 23 and 24. Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. So in the healing ministry of Jesus, every person who received from Jesus, there was faith there. Faith was present. They, they received by faith. You can go and investigate those accounts and there was faith present somewhere. Okay? Now, in some instances, it's not expressly stated. It's not very clear. But if you go and dig... You'll find it there. Okay? People came to Jesus expecting to receive. And they received. Okay? And um, that is why, you know, we see that uh, where those did not, where there were people that did not expect to receive, they didn't get anything. Like in his hometown. So there's, therefore, the importance, this shows us the importance of information. And the importance of knowledge. And the importance of maturing in our knowledge of the truth. Okay? Because you cannot believe for what you don't know. You cannot believe for what you don't know. And I know that with the amount of no knowledge in this room, we could blow up the, the, the Western Cape. Okay? We could blow up the city. But, you know, we, we, we mustn't assume, ever assume we know everything. Whenever I don't see what I know I should see, I assume there's something I don't know. There's something I'm missing. I don't assume that I'm right and I don't know why God's not doing His part. Because God's always right and He's always doing His part. I'd rather assume I, I don't, there's something I'm missing. God, and then I pray, God, what am I missing? Show me. What should I, you know, like, like it's important to even go, okay, God, uh, how do you want me to deal with this? You know, for those trusting for finances, for the mission trips. God, how do you want to pay for this? Is it through partnership or do I need to sell something or cash in something or what is it? How do you want to pay for this? Yeah. If it's a, a, a healing, you know, there's many ways that we can receive healing. God, how do you want this to, do, uh, to happen? You know, is there someone that I should ask to pray for me? You know, because often, you know, I find in situations like that, he might ask, say, why don't you go and ask so-and-so to pray for you? And then you're like, no, Lord, I can't ask them. You know, they're, they're, they're not such a, a great saint. You know, why would I go and ask them to pray when I should go? I can go and ask the, the pastor. And you know what the problem is? There's pride. And what does God do with proud? pride? God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So the grace of God doesn't flow if there's pride in your heart to think that you're better than so-and-so. So why would I ask them for prayer? Because the grace of God is in you and is in them. The Spirit of God is also in them. And so you know, your miracle might be sitting in someone that you don't expect. This is 
as I was preparing this, I was thinking, this is the best place to insert teaching on communion. The fellowship of the saints. Because this is where it fits in so beautifully that we need to discern the Lord's body, the church, correctly. And I need to see you with, uh, uh, not according to the flesh, 2 Corinthians 5.16, but according to the Spirit, because the power of God and the Spirit of God is in you as much as it's in me. And so I need to humble myself and say, pray for me. And so then humility, what does it say about the, the humble? God exalts the humble. God gives grace to the humble. So that means that the, 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 the grace of God, the power of God can begin to flow where we are expressing humility. And actually, I think it's next week I'm going to get into a whole thing on that. On humility and on um, honor. Because this is such a key part. So anyway. Mark 16, 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders, following Amen. So, in the four Gospels we see that He sends out His disciples and they're healing the sick. But the healing is accompanying teaching. Matthew 10, verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Do not go, in, uh, oh, sorry, go, <laughs> go not, it is right, go not the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. Go preach, saying. Now, in our wisdom, I know many of you are on the same thing, on the same train of thought as I would be with this. In the natural, it makes more sense for me, and hopefully for all of you. I'm hoping you're on my level there. You know. <laughs> To say, heal someone, then preach the gospel, because then it actually, you know, it's like, a, let them see the sign, let them see the miracle, and then, then, then they'll come to Christ. Makes more sense, right? If we could just see more miracles, more people would come to Christ. But the Word shows us that people come to Christ by the preaching of the gospel. And there are healings and miracles and things that accompany that, but it's through the preaching. Now, you may have been saved because you saw a miracle, but you're only truly saved if you receive the Word. A miracle may have kind of like spiced it up for you, and you may have been convinced because of that. But the truth of the matter is, no one can get saved without the Word of the Gospel. End of story. Okay? So in the book of Acts, we see this as well. So it's not just throughout the Gospel. Acts 2, 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So the word doctrine is talking about teaching, information about Christ. Okay? This is what led to many signs and wonders, was the doctrine, the teaching. Okay? Um, Acts chapter 3, verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. This is where the lame guy, the guy who couldn't walk, all of a sudden, like a, a Peter and, and John see him at the, the temple gate, they, and they, they pray, they minister to him, and he's healed. Okay? And uh, when questioned about it, this is their response. Faith in his name, Jesus' name, has made this man strong, whom ye see now and know. Yea, the faith which is in him has given this man perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So, you know, Peter's explaining the healing of this man as his name through faith in his name gave this man healing. It wasn't just uh, nothing <laughs> that brought it about. There was substance and the substance was faith. Okay, Acts 5, 8. I mean 8, 5, sorry. Then Philip went down into the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. I love that. Like we have one message and it's Christ. And that's what we preach. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. 
For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many were taken with palsy, and that were lame were healed. And so Philip went down and preached Christ, miracles were done, and that was the order. He preached Christ and miracles were done. He preached Christ and miracles were done. Okay? The, uh, Acts 14 verse 6. They were, uh, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, uh, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. So there was preaching. They preached Christ. And then, when it's asked this question, why should, faith be, uh, why should preaching be first? Okay? It needs to be because recipients, those that receive the message, must have something that's heard and something that's believed. So it would be useless for me to go into a room full of unbelievers and say, I'm going to give an altar call. Please, with every head bowed and every eye closed, who would like to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? <laughs> they're going to, unless they've heard something about Jesus, they're going to go, what's that? So before I do an altar call, what do I have to do? Preach the gospel. Now, we would think, walk into a hall of unbelievers, is anybody in here sick? <laughs> Come here. And they don't, know, they don't know who you are, they don't know anything about anything, they don't know what you're going to do. Someone comes up and you're like, be healed. And they're like, what are you doing? You know, it makes sense to sow a seed in their heart first and go, you know what? Jesus, do you know who Jesus is? They're like, no. Then you tell them who Jesus is. <laughs> then you say, he loves you and he wants you healed. I mean, it doesn't have to be an exhaustive 10 part message. It can just be the simple truth that God wants you well and he wants to heal you now. He said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Watch. You know, when um, you, uh, 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 those that were with me on Saturday, bear with me. Um, second mission trip I was on in uh, Madagascar, you know, we were going from village to village in the, the rainforest. And um, the rainforest is so remote, it would take two weeks to get there on foot, or a helicopter drops you off. So we had a helicopter drop us off. And um, so now we've got our backpacks on, and we're going from village to village. As soon as you get into a village, you've got an instant crowd, because you're the first white person they've ever seen. So now you're the first white person they've ever seen, and um, they're amazed at this. You preach, now, you, now you need to preach the gospel. And I remember I had the, the first privilege of doing that, and I was like, like, where do you start? And so I started with Genesis. God created. And I basically said how God created, man fell. God sent his son to, to, to fix the problem. You know, and Jesus died. He was raised from the dead. And, and then uh, he told us to come and tell you this good news. And he also told so that you can be saved. And he told us to lay hands on the sick and to pray for them so they would be healed. So that was our message. Because in the Great Commission is, they will lay hands on their sick and, they'll, and you will see them recover. So we said that. But then we did the altar call, people got saved because there was a message. And then we, 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 sometimes we pray for the sick and whatever. But I remember this one village, we had um, someone, um, the chief came to us before we left and he said, um, you said that you can heal people. <laughs> and uh, um, we said yes. And he says, um, there's a blind guy. Would you pray for him? So we all went up into this hut. And this guy was being led down the garden path. This old man with white eyes. And we were like, wonderful. <laughs> God, if there's ever a moment. Like, you know. And, um, and honestly, like, we, we, it was a, a house on stilts or a, a hut on stilts. So we went up. And uh, somehow he got up there. And um, now we're sitting in the hut. And um, we prayed for him. And you could see like he could see after that. We all rejoiced and we went on to the next village. But before we prayed, we, he was part of the, the, the crowd that, that um, received Christ the day before. But then we still taught a little before we prayed for him. Okay? So it's, a, it's vital that there's a little bit of understanding or a little bit of seed 
before we minister healing. Okay? Teaching the word comes first and then it's healing the sick. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and all people need to know is Christ is the healer. They don't need to know all the complicated facts that you know. Okay? All they need to know is Jesus is the Savior and He's the healer. And that's what He wants to do. So a lot of people, like I said, know Him as Savior, but they don't know Him as healer. And that's, we just need to introduce Him to them. And sometimes for us, it's okay, so we know we're saved, we know we're righteous, and we know God can heal, but we need to actually focus in on the Gospels as Christ is also healer. That's who He is. It's not just something He does. It's who He is. It's His nature to heal. It's not just something He does. It's who He is. Okay? Now why I say that is because like I said last week, if you're one with Christ, Christ lives in you. Then the healer lives in you. Then healing is closer than you think. Now all you need to do is become aware and become conscious of Christ the healer in you and you need to start to allow that uh, to manifest then in your life, in your body. So it comes through becoming aware of Christ in you. So turn with me, it's not on the screen, to Philemon. We looked at this last week, but I think it's, uh, it's good. Philemon. Because uh, the, the important thing here is that, like we see, so like how faith kind of works, or how faith activates. Okay, in verse 6, it says that the communication of your faith may become effectual. What does effectual mean? It begins to work. That the communication of your faith would become effectual by the acknowledging, my Bible's everywhere but on my screen, there we go, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So we've explained this and I've labored to establish this point Salvation is oneness with Christ. You're in union with Jesus. Okay? Now, I, I get sick, I experience things, and I have to do this the same way you do. That's what we call living by faith. <laughs> okay? It's not automatic. We have to take time out and we have to focus. Because like um, uh, Psalms 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. So often, we don't allow ourselves to be still. And so it's difficult to come to the knowing that is God part. And I'm not talking about an intellect. I'm talking about intimacy. We need to become still to the place where we're like, Thank you, God, Jesus, you're the healer. And you're just becoming still and you, you, you're becoming aware of His presence. Because you've got His presence, you know. I am, when I was a presence junkie, uh, you know, one of the Christians that just wants manifestations, um, I kind of learned this, and it's, it's awesome, okay? God's presence is always there. I used to be very much like, come Jesus, come Jesus, we want to experience your presence, and you know, I would be like crying out for more and whatever, but then I realized I've got his presence, okay? I mean, he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. The word says he's, he's dwelling in you. You're his temple. So I'm like, I'm not, he's here. He's with me now. And what I learned, which was so awesome, was any time I just shut off my senses to the natural and I focus in on Christ in me, I start to experience him. Sometimes tangibly, although that's not my aim, but I'll start to be aware of his presence. His presence doesn't come. I become aware of his presence. And in times of worship and stuff, when I've done that, it's been amazing. And I would experience those goosebumps and all of those kind of things that people chase after, you know. And it's nice, it's refreshing, it's good. But the point is, is that you don't make his presence come. You become aware of Christ in you. With healing, it's the same thing. Christ is healer. Okay? Think about it like this. 
There's no sickness in Christ. There's no darkness in Christ. He is light and He is healing. He is health. Okay? And He dwells in you. Okay? The, 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 the restorative power of, of God dwells in you. So it's like Jesus, let's take one of the extreme cases. Jesus took someone's ear that was on the floor, picked it up, and put it on his head. And it attached. It was the soldier. That was a miracle. Okay? It wasn't healing. Okay? But it was a miracle. Now, that same power, that same power is now living inside of you because that Jesus that did that is in you. So what I'm trying to say is like we need to become more, like a lot of us, we, we kind of see healing and miracles as something out there that we're trying to attract. But Christ lives in us. And so all we need to do is just relax and become aware of what we've got. Part of becoming aware is acknowledging. Now you've got that word there. The communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you. The word acknowledging, I only saw this now, this is awesome. In the Greek, is a word that I introduced to you last week. Epignosis, which is correct, exact knowledge. So this shows the importance of teaching. This shows the importance of good teaching and coming to an understanding of what the Word says. Because without acknowledging what is truly there, it's, you can acknowledge that you're a millionaire and have nothing in the bank account and it doesn't help you. You can dress like one, you can act like one, you can, you can come to church like one, but you can't give like one. <laughs> Amen? So what I'm trying to say is, you, you can only acknowledge what actually exists. And acknowledging is based on accurate knowledge. Accurate knowledge is the, 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 the determination to recognize. So now I know Christ is in me, so I recognize that. And here's, a, here's the kicker. <laughs> here's the kicker. When I've been sick and I've prayed for people, I've still seen healing. Because I'm just the vessel. I'm just like, okay, Christ in me, the healer. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not connecting the dots. My jumper leads aren't connecting for some reason for myself right now. But I'll put my jumper leads on you and you'll get healed. And I'm like, that makes no sense, Lord. I mean, while I was sick, I prayed for someone who had to go for, they had deteriorating eyes and they were on their way to the optometrist the next day to get a stronger prescription and when they got to the, the optometrist in London now, they were told you don't need glasses anymore. <laughs> and I only heard the testimony of that a year later. So that was, I mean I didn't think about it again after I prayed for them. But the point is, is that God doesn't need you to be healthy to heal people. Okay? It's, 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 it's the Spirit in you that's ministering through you. And you need to come into contact with the Spirit for yourself or come into contact with the Spirit in someone else. Okay? But this is it. Like it says, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So that means you've got to recognize by full discernment by accurate, precise knowledge, what's true in you. Because you're in Christ. So you've got to come to know Christ in you. Christ the healer in you. You know him as Savior, you know him as righteous, you know him as he's forgiven you. He's not holding your sin against you. Now it's time to kind of sit and go, I'm acknowledging the presence of Christ the healer in me right now. And Jesus, I'm inviting you. To touch my body. Healing flow now. I recognize that the healer lives in me. And I'm inviting you to restore. That, that's, that's one of the ways that you can acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. He's just sitting quietly, being still, focusing on Him, and becoming aware of His presence. And then when you need to pray for someone, 
When you need to minister to someone, it's the same thing. You can educate them a little bit and encourage them that the Bible says I must lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So I'm going to do that. And that builds their faith up a bit. But then you just go, thank you, this is Jesus in me. It's not me. It's not because I'm holy. It's not because I'm right uh, in my own self. It's not because I tithe. It's not because of anything. It's because of Christ in me, my hope of glory. And so that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm focusing in on this. Amen? So that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging. What are you acknowledging? <coughs> are you acknowledging the pain and the problem? Or are you acknowledging Christ in you? Are you acknowledging the condition? Because the thing is, is what, are you, what you're focused on primarily is going to be what you acknowledge. So if you're more acknowledged on all the facts and the pain and all of that, which is real, then you are on the Word of God and the presence of God, you're going to experience, you're going to start to acknowledge whichever one you're filling your mind with, and that's going to be the one that wins. So it's so important that we make sure we, we focus on the right information and that we're acknowledging the right thing. Amen. Amen. So, let's close our eyes for a moment. And let's just take some time to become aware of His presence, of Christ in us. And Holy Spirit, I just invite you now just to help us to become conscious of Christ, the Healer, that lives in us. Now, even if you're not sick right now, you're not trusting for something for yourself, we should continuously be focused in on Christ, the Healer in me, because you're going to need it at some point. And rather stay healthy than wait to get healthy when you're sick. So even if you're healthy, this is a very good exercise for you. It's just to focus in on, be still and focus in on Christ, the healer in you. And just picture yourself being in contact with that power that's now flowing in Christ in you, into your whole body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I just thank you, Father, for your power and your life which is flowing in each person in this room. You know the conditions, you know the, 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 the situations that people are facing, and you know, Father, what, what the need is. And I thank you that your power in us supersedes, goes beyond the mark of what we need. We acknowledge that right now. The healing power of Jesus in us goes beyond what we need. It's much greater than whatever our body is facing right now. And so right now we just acknowledge that and we thank you, Father, that your power is at work in our bodies. I command life and healing to flow now to bring restoration and to bring wholeness to your body in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for complete recovery. I thank you, Father, for life abundant to manifest in each body under the sound of my, uh, my, my, of my voice. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Every organ be perfected now in Jesus' name. Be restored to full health in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I just speak life over each one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just cut off our, 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 all the things that are seeking to steal our attention and our focus, and we just focus in on you, Jesus. Christ, the healer in us. We acknowledge your power is at work in our bodies, restoring, healing, reviving every part of our body that needs it right now, strengthening our immune systems in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. You know, I want to encourage you, like as we acknowledge these things, and 
we now walk away from a message like this, a feast like this, it's important for us to stay in the place of faith. And this is something we'll focus on more next week as well. And that is that we, we say what the Word says. Yes, if you're coming for prayer, tell me what hurts. <laughs> if you're coming for prayer, tell me what the problem is. Don't say, like, like, a, like I had someone say once, um, 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 I have this problem, but I've been healed of it. And they were kind of like, trying to explain their situation and I was very confused and I said to them so what you're saying to me is you had this condition you were healed but you're still experiencing the symptoms of it and I said yes I said you're not healed <laughs> I said don't fall over I'm just encouraging you that you still need the healing power of Jesus to touch that part of your body so let's pray it's not wrong you're not going to die just uh, and fall over right now because you said that the, the, the negative thing but to counter that uh, balance that don't go out of here and now just always speak the problem and always focus on the problem like you know you, you can say the problem but balance it out 10 times or, or something with the word you know whenever I minister to someone who's, who's in a, 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 a sick condition or like a life threatening condition I always say Every single time you need to take your medicine, take your medicine. Every single time you need to, you're confronted with this issue, say the power of God is at work in my body. When you're sore, just declare it. The power of God is at work in my body. You're not ignoring the pain, which is denial. You're releasing life by declaring by faith what the Word of God says. The power of God is at work in my body. Thank you, Jesus. Your power is at work in my body right now. And that becomes your... You're focusing on something which is spiritually true, but now the more you perceive it, the more you can experience that, like the presence of God. You just start to focus in on His presence and just shut out everything else and just begin to thank Him for His presence and thank Him for His goodness. You're going to start to feel something. So the same thing with healing. You stop and you just go like, Thank you, Jesus. For your healing power. Thank you that you want me healed more than I want to be healed. Thank you that you want me whole. Thank you that your power is at work in me right now. And you just begin to give thanks for all of that for the next couple of minutes. I guarantee you'll start to feel something. Something will start to happen. Now, depending on how much our unbelief and doubt you've been living in, it might, you, you might need to just draw a line in the sand. I'm not going to live like that and talk like that anymore. Now I'm going to speak faith. Now I'm going to live by faith by declaring what God's word says. And not what everything else says. Amen? Amen. Great. Let's uh, do something we haven't done in a while. What stands out for you? <laughs> so think about it for a moment and then I'll shut or I'll close the service after that. Yeah. That's awesome. Teaching is the golden goose. Healing is the egg. I like that. Because <laughs> so many people are after the egg, but the golden goose is, is teaching. I mean, you could also take that to a different place and say, yeah, Jesus is the goose. <laughs> and uh, uh, healing is the egg. Um, but I like that. That's awesome. Someone else got something that stood out for you. Go for it, Henku. You know, that, that kind of also reminds me of something the Bible says like I said earlier we can do the same works as Jesus and even greater works okay but then we look at Jesus and we like how often if you go look in the Gospels go see how often he has quiet time with with the father and he spends all night praying and he's just separating himself from the multitude being still and knowing that you know he is God and he's just kind of separating himself like how often do we actually do that? <laughs> like, we don't do it as much as we should. And it doesn't mean God's not rewarding us because we're not doing that. It just means we're not be allowing ourselves to become aware of what we actually have. And that's the problem. It takes time to acknowledge. Because acknowledging is based on digging into the Word to get accurate knowledge. And then it takes time to actually sit and go, 
I acknowledge or recognize that Jesus lives in me. <laughs> I acknowledge. You know, those are confessions. But you're confessing what's true. And I think the other aspect of this, which is so important, is um, what I was, I think I shared it with you guys, but what I was challenged with two weeks or three weeks ago, and that was the, the, um, the question um, someone asked me of, what's the second commandment? And, and when they asked me, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm missing a blank. I have no idea. And they said, love your neighbor as yourself. And I was like, yeah. And then they said, you're not doing that. And I was like, and I just met the person. And they were like, um, you're not doing that. They said, you know, you've you got to look after yourself before you can love or look after anybody else. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> for us, it's so much easier to minister to other people or to care for other people, or to be busy with everything else, than to actually take time to sit and go, I'm going to receive from Jesus for myself right now. You know, we rather help other people, but we're not going to do that because there's too many people out there that need us. I was speaking to someone um, at ministry night even, and uh, uh, I, 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 this is where I shared that, and they came up to me afterwards and they were like, I'm so challenged on that because I don't have time to sit and have a cup of tea by myself. And I was like, well, you're going to have to start scheduling it <laughs> because it's important. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co